Hey, babe. Yes? If you were a vegetable, you'd be a cute cumber. Ah, <laughs> uh, you dork. <laughs> Robin Wilson, and you're listening to Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from all angles. In my previous podcast, The One, I talked to couples about their love stories, and we'll still do a bit of that here as well, but I also wanted to open that up to allow us to look at different aspects of love and what that means to different people. Another change is that I'll now be joined each episode by the immensely handsome and charming Phil Wilson creator of the food blog BaconHound.com, and co-host of the podcast More Than Maple Syrup. He's also my partner. Hey, babe. Hey. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you excited? I am. I'm excited and terrified. (laughs) So um, how many episodes do you think it'll be before we start talking about food? Um, About five minutes into this one, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) This episode, we're going to talk about our favorite fictional couples from TV or movies. So what do you think draws you to a couple? What makes you like a couple on TV? I like couples on TV or in movies that, I don't know how to say this, but I I don't like couples that call each other names and are mean to each other all the time in a name of humor. I I don't find that to be a fun thing to watch in couples because I don't find that to be a great quality in real life. That's true. um, I like couples that look like they have fun together and who are real and still have actual problems, even though they're just TV problems and, right. and have to work through to solve those problems. And it's, it makes it fun to watch. So do you think you're, you're drawn more to couples that are similar to our relationship or couples that you want to aspire our relationship to be? I think both. Um, when I see a couple that I say we should aspire to be that, in my mind, I'm, I like to think that we are kind of like that already. <laughs> Um, whether it's true or not is another story, but... I like to think we're pretty good. <laughs> you know, I, I like to think that. What about you? What are you, what are you drawn to in a couple? Um, I think a bit of both. When I find a couple that I really like, I'm like, oh, they're so great together. I wish we could be like that. Oh, you know, maybe we are actually kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a bit of both for me. Well, sometimes it's not really realistic on TV or movies either, right? It's you know, they, they ramp up um, the intensity on on the things that you like because it makes for good TV. That's right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. For example, someone on Twitter, when we had both asked our Twitter followers who their favorite TV couples were, and one person responded, Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec, who I also adore. Like, you know, that's one of my favorite shows. I think they're yep. such a great couple. They are, what I like about them is that they're super supportive of each other. Like Ben is always there for Leslie and Leslie's always there for Ben. And they're always willing to give up something of their own so that the other one could get what they want, which is lovely to see. But my one complaint is that they didn't really have any problems. Like we never saw them fighting really. Like their biggest problem was that Ben liked calzones. Like that was it. And that's a serious problem. Well. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I could be with somebody who thinks calzone is better than pizza. Oh, that's, that's crazy talk. Should I leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not better than pizza. That's silly. <laughs> that's crazy talk. But like they didn't really have any tension in the relationship, except like when one of them would move, that would be the biggest thing. Well, that's what I thought. I, I totally disagree with you on that, actually. I think they actually had real world problems. You know, a, a lot of it was 
was centered around their careers, which, I mean, for a lot of people, that's that's true here too, right? Right. I mean, you didn't really see money concerns and all those kind of other real problems that real people have, but um, they did have a lot of times where their careers were at odds and they had to decide what they were going to do that was going to be a good balance between what what Leslie needs for her career and what Ben needs in his. And I thought often, uh, you know, it, it showed one person in that couple always trying to do what was the best for the other person in the couple. Right. I mean, probably 80% of the time. And then the other 20% was kind of balanced out with, um, you know, the, that fact that you need something for you as well. And I think that's a constant struggle that a lot of couples have too, is, you know, you want to do what's best for your spouse, but you also need to have something um, that you can build on for your own career or whatever this is. Right. I agree. That doesn't really sound like an agreement, but I do agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that a lot of their tension comes from, oh, I'm so sad because we can't be perfect and not so much of, oh, we're not getting along right now or, oh, I can't believe they just lied or something Something that happens in relationships that never really was depicted for Leslie and Ben. Well, I, I think a lot of their disagreements, especially, you know, were they're obviously played up because it's a it's a comedy. Right. It's a sitcom. Of course. So, I mean, I definitely watch that show and I go, okay, well, this is not how normal people would deal with their disagreement, you know. <laughs> um, however, the way most people uh, handle their disagreements would not make for a very interesting sitcom. So... That's true. I mean, totally understandable, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I always thought that they they kept they kept their sense of humor a lot, which I always appreciate. It's one of the things I like about a, a couple when I like them on a TV show or a movie. Um, and I think uh, it's important in in everyday relationships too to keep your sense of humor and and realize that there's more to life than the the, the immediate problem right in front of your face. That's true. That's true. Looking on the bright side. So, who did you have as your favorite TV or movie couple? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Leslie and Ben were actually on my list. I had two written down and that was my number one because I just, I love the way that they always just kept their sense of humor and they embraced each other's quirkiness. The kind of quirkiness that other people found weird, <laughs> they embraced in each other, which right. I think that's a real sign of um, of a couple that can make it last because if you're constantly fighting the things that the other person is all about... That makes it really hard going forward. You know, the the initial relationship excitement and everything wears off eventually. And now you're just left with that person. And if some of the things that that person is really all about are really irritating for you, it's not going to go well. That's true. I love that. I mean, you're a big dork and I still love you. I'm not that big. I mean, you never created a big nerdy cone board game. No. But you're still kind of a dork. Yeah. Well, I'm not that level of nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I'm just nerdy about other stuff. That's all. He's nerdy about nerd stuff. I'm nerdy about food stuff, which I just don't consider nerdy. Well, you get really nerdy about food stuff. That might be true. Um, You just bought a bag of powdered milk? Well, yeah. I mean, when when you make brown butter, part of that flavor that's coming into the brown butter is from browning the milk solids in the butter. And so if you add some powdered milk into it, you can add even more of those milk solids. Nerd. (laughs) I know. I'm always looking for ways to make butter even tastier. And this podcast just became about food. What was that? Five minutes? Was that eight minutes? Damn it. (laughs) It was going to happen. Well, my favorite TV couple, which will be no surprise to you, 
is Coach Taylor and Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I almost started this <laughs> podcast with that. <laughs> Big old foreshadowing. That's great. There's just something about when Tammy Taylor comes on the screen and goes, hey, y'all. Hey, it's y'all. Just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about Tammy Taylor. I mean, let's face it. She's just wonderful. She's my guiding star. Wow. Well, I, I, I have so. big feelings about Tammy. What do you like about that couple? As a couple, I think this is sort of what helped me realize what I didn't like about Leslie and Ben is that, and I mean, drama versus comedy, right? right? Coach and Tammy have real problems. They fight. They have serious issues where they're really not getting along. There was like a super depressing whole half season arc where they were separated and fighting a lot and just never on the same page. But they always seem to come together. I think that's what I like about them. Regardless of all of their problems, they're a team. And they know that they're a team and they know that they work best together. So they resolve them in very realistic ways and they kind of always come together and Coach is very supportive of Tammy and Tammy, of course, is very supportive of Coach and the football team and they're just lovely. And it makes it seem for me, I think that's sort of where it comes to the aspirational part because I know sometimes when you and I argue, I get... We don't resolve it well often. It takes a while for us to get to that point. But I see the, how they do it, and I'm like, oh, look, they fought, and they're already, oh, look, Coach is hugging her, and isn't that wonderful, and they're so good, and I just I just want to be just like them. Well, we don't have the luxury of editing out the hours that they weren't speaking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see that on the show. And when you say that they have real problems, that's 100% true because, I mean, when you have a daughter like Julie Taylor, you have big problems oh. in common. Julie Taylor's the worst. Julie Taylor's the worst. That's a hashtag. Let's... The shows have been over for like a million years, but let's get that hashtag rolling. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like them as well. I mean, they definitely, you know, they get a little snarky with each other once in a while, but at the end of the day, they always work together to solve whatever the problem is, and then they've got each other's back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on Coach and Tammy? We've just, just for our listeners out there, we've been doing a full rewatch of the entire series of Friday Night Lights, so we're in season five right now. So. Cool. We have plenty of thoughts on Coach and Tammy and, and Julie. <laughs> yeah, let's try not to talk about Julie no. Taylor the whole time because Julie Taylor's the worst. Uh, have we mentioned that? Um, I, I What I think about when you say aspirational in regards to that couple, um, I think we have a lot in common with, with Coach and... Um, Tammy. Tammy. Oh, <laughs> mental. My mental capacity is not good here. Um, yeah, so Eric Taylor, Tammy Taylor, uh, both both always trying to do the right thing, I think. And I think that we share that, mm-hmm. that we're always trying, you know, sometimes it's not the best decision for us, but we still want to try and do the right thing. So right. Um, we share that. And one of the things that really stands out for me is that Tammy Taylor seems to be the the moral compass of that relationship. And, right. And every once in a while, and here's where I see myself in Coach Taylor... Not just because we both look excellent in khaki shorts. <laughs> um, and that might be a bit of a stretch because I do not look excellent in khaki shorts. But anyways, um, what I... <laughs> see, what I think about Coach Taylor is that he's he's a guy who tries to do the right thing. He he tries to make other people around him better. Right. Um, and help people who are having problems. 
Wait, but is that Coach also, or Tammy? Because no, Tammy coach. also does that. Well, sure, but the difference <laughs> is for me, um, Coach doesn't always succeed at it, and sometimes he needs his smart, um, his smart and strong-willed wife to come in and set him straight on a few things, and that's where I kind of feel like that's very similar to us. Aww. I think I'm doing the right thing sometimes, and sometimes I need my wife to come in and kick my ass and say, "Listen, <laughs> dummy, this is Aww. not good enough." <laughs> never say dummy. No. no. <laughs> You know, I I feel the same way. Like, I have so such huge love for Coach and Tammy. I will say, however, on this rewatch, I've really been sidetracked a lot with the incredibly rigid gender roles that they have in their relationship. Like, Tammy does all the cooking. When they're planning for a party, Coach just drops it on Tammy, and Tammy does all the cooking and shopping and... Coach is all about football and yeah. punching people and getting angry. <laughs> so that's that's a little problematic for me. But, I mean, all of our favorites are problematic in some way, aren't they? Well, I, th- I think that's something that's starting to change, though, right? Like, that's just the way TV couples have been for pretty much ever. Right. And so I think we're, we're starting to see that kind of thing change now. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it if, if that's the way that people want to want to live their lives, I guess. But Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, it's 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 definitely the part of the show that I would agree with you on. It's uh, it's a little weird to see <laughs> such, you know, like the woman is expected to cook this dinner for you know husbands inviting fifty people over to the house and right. Hey, you got to get this ready. Well, how about you get off your ass and cook something? I mean, in our house, that's exactly how it worked. <laughs> It'd be like I would invite fifty people over to have a party, and, and then, then I, I would, would say... have to do all the cooking <laughs> exactly. and everything. <laughs> And you'd be like, oh, are you sure we have to have people over? <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, that is us. Yeah. <laughs> and what I think is funny, one thing I've noticed again on this rewatch, is every time they host this party every year for the football team and the families. And so every year, Tammy will say, oh, this is bullshit. I mean, she doesn't say bullshit because it's network TV, but this is bullshit. You always make me do this. You spring this on me. This is crazy. I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. Next year, you're helping out. And then the next year comes along and Tammy's like, oh, this is silly. I shouldn't be doing this. Next year, you're helping out. <laughs> and then the next year it comes along. <laughs> He's too busy coaching. He is very busy coaching. Yeah. She's busy counseling, guidance counseling, and principaling the schools. And also, how different is high school football in, in Texas than it is here? I'm pretty sure that when I was in high school, there was no full-time football coach, even yeah. though we had a football team. I mean, people barely even knew we had a football team, so it was probably the English teacher going out there and just being in charge of making sure no one steals the pads. It's Texas, y'all. I know, and that's like a full-time job for a staff of five. Yeah, exactly. Holy smokes. Whole department. Can't afford an English teacher, but we got five football coaches on staff. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) y'all. So you said that Ben and Wyatt were one of two on your list. Who was your other one? Well, my other one is a little bit of a, I don't think anybody ever mentioned this on Twitter. And there's a whole bunch of repeats when we asked on Twitter, right? right. And, and some of them were ones that I was immediately like, yes, I yeah. love them as well. But my other one was kind of an offshoot of another pick. So I went to the office and Michael Scott and Holly, uh, Holly Flax. Oh, really? So I thought that was interesting because every other person always says Jim and insert name after, whether it's Pam or you know, whoever. We'll go with Pam. Mo- okay. yeah, yeah, most of Pam. Um, and I I like that relationship as well, but I think the one that I liked the best out of the show was Michael and Holly, because mm. I found that Michael had this enormous string of relationships where 
he was essentially just dating anyone that would say yes. Right. Anyone that says yes to him, he's like, yes, I'm super desperate. I will take anything, even the, even if you're a super toxic person for me to be with. Well, horrible. I mean, Michael was toxic in his own right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. his, his own lack of self-confidence and self-esteem, you know, he ends up with all these relationships that he doesn't, he's not an equal partner in. Right. And, and you're basically just being used. Uh, and, and then I felt like that was the one relationship on the entire show where somebody actually loved him for him instead right. of him always trying to be, uh, you know, fit the mold that somebody else wanted him to be. Right. And so I found that awesome. And then I found it awesome that he could just be himself and however much of a dork or an idiot he could be and problematic at times, but <laughs> um, he could just be himself. And Holly loved that. And the things that other people were trying to change about Michael Scott, Holly was embracing and, right. and kind of they had in common. That is really lovely. You know, a, a lot of people talked about Twitter or talked about The Office on Twitter. And you're right. I never considered Holly and Michael, but that is lovely. And I love your explanation of that because you're right. Michael was always trying to fit a mold that someone else expected of him, trying to be the perfect boyfriend for Jan, which yeah. was impossible because Jan had so many issues. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Holly just sort of embraced whatever he did and sort of mirrored that back to him and, and validated that nerdiness in him. Yeah. And, and I've always felt like... The fact that Michael was kind of nerdy and quirky and goofy, um, we don't see Holly's entire backstory, but to me, it was really obvious that that aspect of Michael allowed Holly to embrace her own aspect that was kind of similar to that, right? You right. Know, it was like opening the door for her to kind of embrace her inner dork. <laughs> um, and you know what? They didn't have to worry and pretend they were something they weren't. They just got to be who they were and, and each other really liked that about each other. So That's really lovely. I'm actually really surprised at how lovely that is. You're not the most sentimental guy, so... No, I am not. Obviously, you have it in you. And you just needed a podcast about love to bring it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get a little sentimental about, you know, pizzas and stuff like that. But... <laughs> it's not about food, Phil. But no, I'm not generally a sappy guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so back to the similarities or aspirations. What does your affection for Michael and Holly say about us? Well, I think um, I think we each have some dorky quirks about us. What? Probably, probably you way more than me. Oh. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like straight up cool, but you <laughs> in know. your khaki shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just I, I, I don't know if it's like super similar to us, except in that point where I think we each embrace uh, each other's sometimes odd sense of humors and and goofiness without judgment, right? Usually. Um. <laughs> I embrace all of your silly sense of humor. Well, there's a lot There's a lot to embrace there. It's, it's true. You're kind of a dork. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know that in a lot of ways that we're super similar to them, but I guess in in saying that, like, it's fun to watch a relationship like that on TV where you feel like somebody's just had bad luck all the time and always always feeling like they couldn't be themselves and then all of a sudden get to. It's like a real mm -hmm. feel-good um, story, like finally this person, um, has found somebody that they can actually just be themselves with instead of, um, try to fit somebody else's mold of what, what they're supposed to be. Right. So again, it kind of comes back to that theme of support and being a team, sort of two against the world. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, 
I, as I said before, I don't really like the antagonistic relationships where, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like it where, you know, the couples are always calling each other names and that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not fun to watch. It's not comfortable. I just, I don't enjoy that. It's not fun. Maybe some people like it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's like watching an episode of Big Brother where people bicker back and right. forward all the time. Like, that's not, if you're supposed to be a team, then I don't think you should treat the other person like that, even kind of jokingly, really. So Right. Like a lot of sitcoms today sort of have that crutch of, you know, the sarcastic humor of the wife always making fun of the husband or yeah. that sort of thing. And and you know what? I mean, at the occasional wisecrack or whatever, when you when you understand that both people are kind of in the joking mood or whatever is not the end of the world. But right. I think sometimes you rely on that type of humor and it just becomes something that's ingrained. Like it, it's almost... A meanness. Yeah. And it... And it Becomes something that somebody starts thinking about, like, oh, does this person actually really think this about yeah. me? If you, if it's something that's a recurring theme, right? Yeah. So I always I always worry that that kind of thing. Eventually, you start to feel like the person is not just teasing anymore. Right. Right. So I think as a couple, you know, if it's two buddies sitting around at a pub or whatever, you know, that's that's a little different to me. But when it's your spouse, I that's not where you make those kind of jokes to me. Yeah. No, I agree. And I'm trying to think of examples of sitcoms that have that. And I know that there's a ton, but we don't watch any of them. So I can't even really think of one. Well, I mean, when I think of just shitty couples on TV, <laughs> like I think of, you know, what was it, the 80s or 90s or whatever, Married with Children. And I think that's just right. ho- that's horrible. Like that's right. painful. That's not fun to watch for me. That's yeah. that's two people who, you know, not even jokingly, like these are just two people that don't even like each other really. Yeah. Like the, how's that enjoyable? Okay. But I know... That back when Married with Children was on, you used to enjoy that show. Well, I did. I think that speaks to, A, I was young and stupid. (laughs) And when I look back at a lot of things that I thought were good or funny or, you know, whatever, um, 20 years ago, then, yeah, I look back and I go, oh, I would never find that funny or interesting or, you know, cool now. Right. But is that a product of times changing or is that a product of, of me not being... 15 anymore. Right. I don't know. Hard to say, but I feel like the things that TV shows used to portray on a regular basis 20, 30 years ago, those kind of things don't really fly anymore as much. I don't know. I think they do. I think we just don't watch them. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. I think they're still out there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe just our taste has changed and we just don't watch the type of show like that anymore. Maybe. So um, I really like that you brought up, as I've said... Um, Holly and Michael. And I want to go to the most prevalent couple in the office, which is Jim and Pam. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people love Jim and Pam. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of responses on Twitter that Jim and Pam were people's favorite couples. And I love Jim and Pam, but I would never classify them as one of my favorite couples on TV. Yeah, I think they they had some stuff going for them, I think, but yeah, I wouldn't put them in my like top tier like favorite. You know, maybe at the beginning like it was they had that cute factor going where, you know, will they get together or not and right. clearly like each other and acting like kids at a playground, right? You know, like don't want to don't really want to say anything about it, but yeah, I mean there was definitely some some stuff that wasn't great mm-hmm. for me. Like I actually thought somebody on Twitter made the point that he he thought Jim and Karen were actually a better mm-hmm. couple. And on paper, I, I would totally agree with that. Totally. I, I think this is the person you need to be with. This is somebody who embraces you for what you are. This is somebody who is not, you know, looking for anything better. This is just like a person who loves you for, exactly. for who you are. 
and you have fun together and it's all great, but it also just goes to show that sometimes, sometimes it's tough to defeat that, um, you know, spark that you have with somebody else, even though on paper you think it, the other person is the right person for you. But when you have a spark with somebody else, that can be way more powerful than anything, anything you're writing on a pros and cons list for somebody else. Okay. I'm going to take this in a totally different direction. Oh God. (laughs) So you talk about a spark. I'm going to say that Karen and Jim were equals in a way that Holly and Michael were equals, right? Karen accepted Jim for all of his weird looks at the camera and, you know, all of his little quirks Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. As did Pam, but I do not think that Pam and Jim were equals. Jim had all of the power in that relationship. How many big decisions did he make without even ever consulting Pam about them? Buying a house. He bought a house without telling her. I don't even like buying, you know, like a vacuum cleaner. I wouldn't buy that without you. Like, (laughs) good Lord. Like that was not an equal relationship. Jim had all the power in that relationship. Which, I mean, you saw sort of come to a head later on in the series when he moved away and they had so many fights and he was thinking only about himself. He wasn't concerned about everything that Pam was going through at home. He didn't care because he had problems that were bigger than that in his mind. And I think that that was really emblematic of their entire relationship. And even if you look throughout the series, Jim was allowed to grow. Jim started as a salesman, and then he became the assistant manager, and then he became the manager, and then he moved and started his own company, and Pam was just always the receptionist. She became a salesman. Ooh, that's exciting. Salesperson. Salesperson. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, even in a later episode, she was looking for a new job, and it was exactly her old job with a new Michael, right? So her character was never really allowed to grow because she never had that opportunity in her relationship. She never had that power in her relationship, which was what, as much as I love on the surface, the romance, all the big gestures and romance of Jim and Pam, I had serious problems with their relationship. Well, and that's what the whole relationship was built on though, to me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't as if it was, uh, you know, a built on a bunch of other stuff. It was built on these like, oh, you're cute and you sit across the office for mm-hmm. me and we'll just kind of give each other cute looks all the time. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have these grand gestures that are almost designed to make up for the other things that kind of suck about what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, I totally agree. Like that episode where he just buys the house and is like, hey, surprise, I'd be, <laughs> you know how pissed I'd be? I know. You spent how much money and didn't even <laughs> think to run that by me? Are you... For real? You bought your parents' house without telling me? No. Wow, you didn't bother, you didn't think it was worthy of uh, maybe us having a discussion when you're going to start a company in a different city? Right. Huh? How does that work? (sighs) So many problems in that relationship. That's just a complete lack of respect for someone else and their opinion and, and thinking to yourself, she might say no. Or she might have issues with this, so I'm just going to do it anyways because I don't want to be told no. Exactly. Thank you. No problem. See, Jim and Pam were great friends. Jim and Karen were the best relationship. Yeah, they were better partners. I agree. Yeah. And I also want to give a shout out to another mention on Twitter. Someone said Bert and Ernie, which I think <laughs> is a terrific couple. But uh, are they confirmed a couple though? Well, they live together their entire lives. So well, they could be brothers, I suppose. I don't think they're brothers. <laughs> so you think they're a couple? 
I don't know. I can't. I think they're just <laughs> friends. I've I've never seen any evidence that they're anything more than friends. Just because two dudes show. live together. It's a kids show. What are they going to show? <laughs> <laughs> they fought. They supported each other. They said the alphabet. Come on. Yeah. Well, we would have had to watch that short-lived MTV series, Bert and Ernie After Dark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh puppet love. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because when I was trying to think about these, you asked me in advance, like, okay, well, think of a couple, you know, fictional couples that you like. Right. And I was trying to think of any couples that were outside of men and woman, white people. Yeah, there's not And I struggled to come up with any. Like, I'm trying to think, is there any couple I can think of off the top of my head that was, you know, people of color or, or mixed gender or gay couples? Right. And I struggle to think There's of a whole a bunch right off the top of my head. I mean, yeah. I'm sure if I go through IMDb and go through all my old shows I used to watch, I'm sure I would think of one. But yeah. but it's it's not like it comes to the top of your head real fast. No. And to be fair, what made me sort of think of this topic for our first episode was we were watching Blackish, which, and it was a sad episode where it looks like Dre and Bo might get divorced. Like they were sort of really on opposite ends of their relationship in this episode. And that's what sort of sparked this idea for me. I wouldn't pick them as one of my favorites because now that we're talking about it, they have sort of that acerbic, sort of always biting at each other kind of relationship. Yeah. So while I enjoy the show, I would never pick them as a favorite couple. Yeah. The show's funny, but I wouldn't aspire to be that couple. Right. Right. So, I mean, there's one, but yeah, very few and far between, I think. Yeah. But I think part of that is that TV is pretty historically, you know, most shows are white dominated still, right? Right. And, you know, starting to see that change as well. But um, character development in a sitcom that doesn't revolve around white people isn't the same kind of character development usually, right? Like it's very surface, it's cheap jokes, it's, you know, there's not a lot of like... Stereotypes. Yeah, it is. It's, It's like, you know, trying to give, because, I mean, let's face it, probably most of the viewers are also, you know... What, I don't know what the percentage would be, but if the percentage of viewers is skewed towards white people as well. Right. Or that's the perception of... Then you're kind of giving people what they expect to see almost, right? Yeah. Where instead of a, a more real portrayal. Right. Well, we can get into the whole topic of, you know, public's perception and who holds the power. So who holds, you know, who makes the decisions of what's going to be put on the screen. But that's a topic for a different podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's more than half an hour for sure. <laughs> So on that note, I think we'll wrap up this week's episode. You know, Phil and I talked a few times about suggestions that came in on Twitter. If there's any that you have that we've missed, definitely hit us up on Twitter, either at I'm Medusa Beth, at Medusa Beth. Phil is at Baconhound. We also have a podcast Twitter account, which is love underscore uncovered. We'd love to hear what you think, what some of your favorite pop culture couples are. Hit us up and let us know. And thanks for listening to our first episode of Love Uncovered. Please take a moment to not only subscribe to our podcast, but to leave a rating and review because that actually really helps people find us and listen to our podcast. And I also want to thank Our Good Wolf, a local Edmonton band, for supplying the music on Love Uncovered. You can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com or on Spotify. Thanks for joining me, Phil. This is going to be a fun ride, I think. And don't forget, calzones are not as good as pizza. Well, that's fair. <laughs>